When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Playing slow, so we're playing through. Hosted by Bob Ballou and Carl Mickelson. Brought to you by the PGA Tour Superstore. Good Saturday morning to you, Austin, Texas. And welcome inside another edition of Playing Through. Brought to you by Horseshoe Bay Resort. Right here on the horn of Bob Ballou. Good morning. I am Carl Mickelson. Bob, great to see you. You're, you're remote. You're on the road. So we got to let the listeners in a little bit. 645 tonight. 645 tonight right here on the horn. You can hear uh, Craig Way's call of the Texas men's basketball team as they take on 10th seeded Penn State, not Texas A&M. Everyone's thinking the Texas A&M Texas game was going to happen. You know, back in 2015, Shaka Smart's first year at Texas, the Longhorns were in Oklahoma City taking on Northern Iowa. If they were to win that game, they would they would play the winner of the Texas A&M's game. I can't remember who they played, but A&M won. So it would have been Texas and Texas A&M. Uh, the Longhorns get the bucket from Isaiah Taylor with four seconds left. Northern Iowa inbounds it, and Paul Jesperson hits the half-court shot uh, to end their season. Just an unbelievable shot in the NCAA tournament, one they replay all the time. Um, so that ended the Texas-Texas A&M possibility in the second round. This year, it turns out it was Penn State that ruined it. Uh, the Nittany Lions were uh, – I don't even know how to describe what they did from three-point line on Thursday night – um but they were they were on fire we thought Serge Jabari Rice was on fire with seven threes they had a kid that made eight so it's Texas and Penn State tonight for the first time in program history for either school um so that'll be a that'll be a a good matchup it's always fun to see how you how you do against a streaking team like Penn State as I've said from the beginning I fully expect Texas to advance to the Sweet 16 I I expect them to go to the Final Four and do some big things there but long road to get there got to beat Penn State first um but this has been, you know, we're in Des Moines. I, Carl and I joked before the show started. Our options, we we looked at the regions when we were kind of going through everything, and we thought the closest spots for Texas would be either Denver or Birmingham. And as a two seed, you're supposed to get about as close to home as you can get. Well, obviously, Alabama and Houston um, were close. They were both one seed, so they went to Birmingham. So we thought, okay, Denver, I mean, that that makes sense. So the path would be Denver to Las Vegas if Texas got to the second weekend. Texas goes to instead Des Moines to Kansas City. Now, the fun part for Kansas City is I went to Mizzou, so there there would be a lot of friends of mine there. It's a great place, a lot of fun. Um, great sports town, no, no no doubt about that. Great I sports mean, town for sure. Um, it's just not Denver to Vegas, right? That, that's a whole different complexion from Des Moines to Kansas City. That yeah. Well, you know how to happens. It's okay. You know what to put. You know what to put in your suitcase when you go to Des Moines to uh, Kansas City. But I'm look. I'm looking at you know at, at the back of your your hotel room there. Your your very typical hotel room. The 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 sights and sounds of uh, Iowa outside your window. 
you know, I, I'm your guy for guy for odd music. So you got to check out a song called Spokane Motel Blues by a country artist who's departed now named Tom T. Hall. He wrote a song about being stuck in the hotel. Room. And, and the verses are all about what a, the, the country artists of the day are doing. Like Willie Nelson's picking out in Austin. They're having a big party. TP's frying crappie. Chris Christopherson's making movie. Waylon Jennings is partying in Mexico. And I'm stuck in Spokane writing songs. <laughs> I'm yeah. stuck in I'm stuck in Des Moines writing shows. That's, right, that's about what this is. Uh, yes, you're you're living the Spokane Motel Blues right there in Des Moines. But boy, uh, that is that is well said. Uh, yeah, we are. Um, so here's the deal. So so Thursday night on CBS Austin, we have shows at five o'clock and whatever time the last game ends, roughly around eleven o'clock. We don't have a six o'clock. We don't have a six thirty because there are games going on on our air. So we had a five o'clock live shot at five ten, basically, we'll just say. And Jeff and I get everything done and we walk outside and I'm like, on the way out, I'm like, Jeff, it's snowing. So we walk outside. It was, I, I'm trying to, I, it wasn't sleet, but it was close to it, I guess. Um, Cause it was like 30, right around 32 degrees. It might've been a little higher. <laughs> The wind was blowing about 45 miles an hour and it was sideways pellets. And it wasn't like sleet pellets. It was whatever's in between sleet and snow. So it was like not soft, but not hard, but it hurt. And I had to stand there for 15 minutes. I, it was a, it's one of the worst. It was fun because you never get to do live shots like that, but it was one of the worst just like if I had to stand there any longer, we thought our fingers were going to fall. I mean, we had gloves and stuff, but so then it, then that night, Thursday night, we had to do a live shot at 1125. The wind chill was nine. Oh, and we're standing outside and we've had a couple light issues, but we finally got, we borrowed a light from another station and we, we go live light works, come back on camera, light goes out. So Barker gets out his iPhones and he's holding his iPhones up with the light on, trying to get me some light. And I'm just, I'm making fun of the situation. I'm like, what are you going to do guys? Our lights went out. It's nine. Like, I don't know what you want from us, but who cares? Texas one Tyrese Hunter, one-on-one locker room, whatever. So, you know, yesterday, I, yesterday and today, the highs were supposed to be like 28 with a low of 14 and we got to do live shots. And, and I'm just like, but you know, it's part of the fun of it. You get good stories out of it. Um, we joke about like, you know, the scene here is not great. When you you want to go out for a beer afterwards, it's gonna be kind of hard to do. Uber's not great, whatever. Like it, but it creates good stories and good memories with with some of the guys from other stations and stuff. So um it's been a it's been a good trip, successful trip. We had a great 30 minute show on Wednesday night. This has been a fun a fun ride, even though it's, it's way, just, it's just so cold. I just, I'm not, I'm not great with the cold. I'm actually like, I'm actually better with cold and snow than I am wind. Wind is what always just, you know, that's the atrocious part. And so uh, anyway, here we are, we're in Des Moines. We'll have, uh, you know, some more stuff tonight at whatever time it'll be 11, 11, 15, whatever time we go on as, uh, as Texas takes on Penn state at six 45. There you go. Enough basketball talk, right? This is a golf show. Some sometimes you have to do your job in the trenches. There's there's no doubt about it. You know, and you you have that you even have that on golf trips. I mean, if, if you segue into golf, I mean, sometimes you get 72 to 82 and sunny, and it and it you never even have a second thought about 
the weather. And then sometimes you get some of those trips like you guys have had abandoned where you don't know what you're going to get one hole to the next, you know, is it going to blow 50 miles an hour? Is it going to rain on you? Is the sun going to freakishly come out for 10 minutes and almost make that's more ominous than if it's just kind of drizzling a little bit. Yeah. You just never know. Yeah. It's, uh, this is just something else. It's, it's, but it's, you know what, like I said, it creates stories and it ends up being, you have some good stuff as it, as it goes on. So, um, obviously happy to be here. Um, and, and excited. Texas is still in the tournament. Hopefully they're going to make a deep run. I mean, I know sometimes, sometimes people confuse, this is a good, this is a good quick conversation before we get into real golf right. stuff. Sometimes I think people confuse journalistic integrity and rooting for people and rooting for players that you cover and whatever, like, right. I'm not going on air as a cheerleader for Texas, but when you get to know some of these guys and their, their stories of their life uh, stories of how they got to where they are, some of the things they've had to suffer through Rodney Terry, losing his dad in August, um, what they've had to go through with the Chris Beard situation. Like sometimes when you're covering teams or people, you root for people. You root for them to have success. Yeah, sure. It's, you know what? Uh, To be honest, it's fun for us too. It's fun to be out on the road, putting shows together. We never Mm -hmm. get to do stuff like this. We do it once or twice a year where we get to go out and and do stories like this and tell people stories. So this is awesome. And yeah, I'm, I mean, look, if Texas loses, I'll be just fine going home to my kids and my wife and everything else and covering Dell match play next week. But like going to Kansas city would be a blast too. So I'm Absolutely. not, Absolutely. You know, it, there's, I root for that stuff too. Like I root to be able to go out on the road and do cool stories and present stuff. That's great. But I also, I can have a rooting interest for the teams I cover because I like the people. And that's, a, there's a difference in the journalistic integrity side of it and the, you root for people side of it. I think, I think so. I, I think people throw around the, the homerism tag too, too much. I, I think, in order to be good at your job and, and frankly not be bad at your job, you have to have some opinion, some human element to like, wow, this is this is an incredible story. This is a saga this team has been through. The individual journey that these guys have been on matter. This is the this is the part where it matters most. The, the, this is the chapter where it turns and, and, and what does it all mean? I mean, everything they put into it, every place they've come from has led us here. If you're not engaged and curious and and somewhat intellectually, emotionally invested in it, you're probably not a very good journalist. I, I, mean, I totally agree. There's a there's a blurry line. I get it. I get it. You, you right. Know. right, right, right. You know, you know, like like for instance, um, you watch some of the things that are happening now across sports and how how guys <laughs> cover guys. Um, Dan, like Dan Rappaport, was a part of the Full Swing, uh, Netflix series, flat out rooting for Matt Fitzpatrick and hanging out with his family, like. He's a writer in the golf industry, but like he, he became friends with Matt Fitzpatrick at Northwestern and the two of them, you know, they're buddies and like, it's okay. Like, it's okay for him. Again, it's an individual sport. You're not, it's okay for me. I'm okay with it. Now, if you start seeing like biases in what people do in journalism or in golf writing or in basketball writing or whatever it is, whatever sport it is. And you see like, like for instance, I'll give you an example. If Adam Schefter had been the, had been reporting on the, on the Tom Brady deal. Right. And every time he reported on it, he never mentioned anything negative. 
He was just kind of a PR guy for Tom Brady. That would be <laughs> very different than him reporting, like the other day, the whole Aaron Rodgers situation blows up where Schefter's like, yeah, like Aaron Rodgers texted uh, Adam Schefter and Diana Rossini, lose my number. They were calling <laughs> to get his side of the story. Did he want to play for the Jets? Like whatever. And he wrote them back and said, lose my number. But like that came out. That's good. That's good for the journalism industry. That's good to know that like this isn't just PR promotion for everyone. Now it can be if you're just right. taking what an agent says or what somebody says and just putting it out there as fact or whatever. Like obviously, I mean, agents and players want their spin on their side of things. That's fine. So does ownership and management. That's why you have different sources for different sides of things to say one side says this. One side says this, this is where it stands. Uh, but if you're just a PR blowhard for somebody, that's that's totally different. And I don't see that a lot. I, I don't think we see that a lot. I think sometimes maybe your biases can get caught up with you. Um, I always have fun in what I do with the Mizzou-Kansas thing. I went to Mizzou. Right. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of poke fun at Kansas on Twitter or whatever. But when I go into a show, I'm not going on air ripping kansas because i went to missouri like well, no i mean that, that that would show i mean kansas has yeah. been so good and competed at such a high level if you had a bias that kansas somehow sucked or they're they're wieners or they're if i, they if I didn't put them in my ap poll like that right. just didn't, i just didn't include them like right. they would they wouldn't let me be an ap voter right so i just think sometimes i think fans have this misconception of you know, like, uh, let me give you one example. We can get into golf, but like, I, I thought this one was pretty good. So they introduced Tyrese Hunter at the game on Thursday night. The fans immediately start booing. Tyrese went to Iowa State. There's some right. Iowa State fans there. Well, that starts growing and growing. Every time he touches the ball, they boo. They get on Colgate's side because they hate Texas. They want, you know, whatever. And they, <laughs> they boo all the way throughout the game. It's great. There was a point where somebody, might have been Hunter, took a shot and it got lodged in between the backboard and the rim. So it's a right. But it is in college basketball. It's a jump ball. It's possession arrow. The possession arrow favored Texas. The crowd started booing. And I made a joke about it. I'm like, they're booing the possession arrow. They're booing a literal rule in college basketball that doesn't even like, right. there's no like opinion in this. So like, you can boo the refs all you want. You can be mad at the refs or whatever. But like, it's no. that's the reality of sports. That's it's the reality of like what's going on. So that's that's what's great about the amplification of March Madness, though. It, every game counts. It's win or go home, and you can put all your emotions as a fan in, into it because it it's it's finally it's finally ultimately meaningful to to be in those games and and survive in advance. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, it's 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 been fun. Uh, it's been it's been a good trip, and we're excited that Texas rolls on, takes on Penn State right here on the Horn tonight at six forty-five. Yeah. I, I think pregame six fifteen. I believe it's so. Depending on the fate of the Texas Longhorns and how far they take things, you could potentially miss all of the Dell match play. Is that, yeah, is that the yeah, and NASCAR. Yeah. It's it's like a huge week in Austin. Dell match play and NASCAR uh, with everything going on. Nope. No, not going to be there for it. Uh, wow. We'll be in we'll be in Kansas City, maybe for one game and come back and work the weekend, maybe for two. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Interesting. Um, so there's so much golf to get into. Uh, obviously, the Valspars this weekend. Uh, Justin Thomas with an interesting feature on his bag, which is kind of a uh, a funny a funny part of all of this. Obviously, the golf ball rollback has been uh, a, a big part of this, and Scotty Scheffler wins the players. We're going to get into all of that, but before we did, we're going to do all of that in the second segment. Um, I wanted to finish out this first segment just with, with a cool story and uh, uh, kind of fun, fun conversation. Uh, Carl, last week, um, 
So I'm trying to I'm trying to get my days straight. Um, okay. So my wife and I, the first weekend in March. So what was that? Like a third, second, third, fourth, fifth, whatever that was. I think that's right. Yeah. My wife and I went to Scottsdale, and it was our first vacation getaway in seven years. Um, just the two of us. We have a five-year-old and a two-year-old, and uh, her parents came in town and watched them. It was great. Um, so we get to hang out, and um, uh, we have three days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we spent, we actually stayed most of Sunday, and then flew back kind of late, you know, four in the afternoon, five in the afternoon on Sunday. So we stayed in Scottsdale. One of the things we did was we went uh, around this little trail. We didn't go on a hike or anything, but we walked, walked the trail a couple days at Papago Park. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've been to Scottsdale or the area, they have these big rocks, rock formations. I guess you rocks are them. everywhere. Yeah, and and it was a really cool like five uh, k. We did a five k one day. We walked around. They have a golf course there, Popco Golf Club. It's where Arizona State practices. So we walked around there. It's pretty close to Tempe. Really cool. Like really enjoyed it. So, um, this week on Sunday, I left to go to express with the round rock express to spring training. And I was there Friday, uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So we're getting on the plane on Sunday and the incomparable, uh, wonderful person you want to be around all the time. The the beautiful man, Jimbo cotton is at the airport. Nice. And if you know, Jimbo, you can't help, but love him. Uh, and Jimbo is getting on a plane and, and I'm like, Oh, we're, you know, obviously the women, his daughter Bentley on the UT golf team. Oh, where are y'all going? We're going to play in the cactus cup Tuesday at Papago golf club. And I'm like, I was just there and now I'm going back there. And now you're going to the teams going out there. And so we had a great conversation, always good catching up with Jimbo. Um, you know, Bentley has has had her moments of just showing she can be something really special. Texas amateur champion. Uh, she's done a she's done a lot of really good things. Mm-hmm. Well, Texas won the thing. Uh, started the event Monday, beat number four South Carolina four zero and two. It was all match play. There was no no uh, straight up. Texas wins the match play portion. They beat they beat South Carolina four zero and two, and they beat San Jose State four two zero. And then I think they lost, if I'm not saying they lost to Arizona State, but they had enough points. So they so they win the thing with 11 and a half or 11 points and beats number 10 Arizona State with nine and a half points. And it's like, man, listen, again, I mean, Ryan Murphy's great. The job he does there is great. But to, to see, we talk so much about what the men's golf team has done, rightfully so. They won a national championship. The Cooties, the Hammer, Vic, all these guys. Now they've got all these new guys that have come in, been Bo and Moss and all these other guys that are great. Sosa um but the women's golf team is really good too and they've had a great team for years I mean they've they've been really good for years and while they have not won the national championship they're always at the national championships and they're always pressing to get closer and closer and so just really cool just kind of a good connection there a good uh intertwining of of what was going on and uh uh Papago Golf Club now I know what it is now I've walked around it I've seen it and uh it was really cool that the Texas women were able to go out there and win a tournament did you see did you see the practice area at Papago by chance? I did a little bit. A little bit. You see the quirky little circular formations out, out on the practice screen? That was yeah. Dave and Eddie Pell. So that so that that's an element that's in Dave Pell's backyard that, that Phil Mickelson yeah. advocated and, and got the budget set for them to have uh wedge calibration stations there on the range, though. So those are yeah. 
that, that's, that's a unique, cool. it's a funky looking thing that, that always gets photographed but uh yeah no yeah and that's that's really cool yeah that, that, that you were out there you had a frame of reference and then you you get your 10 millionth reminder of what a small world it is you know i know right it never that stuff never ends it's really it's really crazy how all that goes down um all right well, let's take a break and then we'll come back and talk pga tour uh little little live golf intertwined um sure. because, because why not because it's always fun it's to coming do. up um and we'll get into that after this this is playing through on the horn brought to you by horseshoe bay resort uh carl you know this is starting to get to the time of year where it's it's right before we start to get into the hundreds it's like perfect golf i mean i know it's not right now we, we're having a little 50 50 ish weekend it's gonna pass get out and play but this goes this will go away it'll be 75 again for a while and and i mean honestly there's so many good golf courses in our area but the idea that you can get out to Horseshoe Bay Resort and play all three of the championship courses, Robert Trent Jones championship courses, million dollar hole. I mean, there's just, there's so much to like about the opportunity. And I, I it's, it, to me, it's just really cool. It's a, it's a great opportunity for anyone to get out to Horseshoe Bay. It's always stellar condition. People always say, well, what, well, what sets Horseshoe Bay apart? Well, one is the setting. It's the topography, all that cap rock that's out there, the elevation changes but it's always just in superb condition out there it's just you you, you my parents always noticed that because we, we played a lot of municipal golf growing up but anytime there was a maintenance standard there were there were three cuts of rough i was like wow this is, must be what it's like on tour and it kind of is it really kind of is because it's you know as you know agronomy is a small world and what what Ken Gorsicki and, and the team have done out there is just really maintain a standard that's that's hard to beat because it's a tough climate out there that you know they've they've had they've had bent grass all these years, which is nearly impossible in this part of the country with the heat and the airflow. And it's just it's just a different kind of place. And they've done some really miraculous things with 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 agronomy and the standard out there. So it it, it it's a step up from your usual golf. It's a step up from usual resort golf. So it's definitely a special place from the golf side and, and really all sides. I know, I know they've been doing some special programming out there on the water and, you know, even at night with, you know, some Cirque du Soleil type shows out there. You've had the comedy festival, the hot air balloon fest is coming up. They just don't quit. It's, it's a place that doesn't quit. It's really on the map for unique programming and unforgettable, you know, weekends out there. It's just a cool, cool place. It really is. And uh, we're, I feel like we're, we're, uh, blessed to to have something like that in our backyard and uh, we encourage you to go to hsbresort.com and and book your uh, your trip out there today all right when we come back much more golf talk this is playing through on the horn brought to you by horseshoe bay resort Another good Saturday morning to you, Austin, Texas. Welcome back inside another edition of Playing Through on the Horn, brought to you by Horseshoe Bay Resort. He's Carl Mickelson. I'm Bob Ballou, coming to you from Des Moines, Iowa, where tonight at 645, the second-seeded Texas men's basketball team will take on 10th-seeded Penn State. First time in school history these two teams are meeting. Uh, no more appropriate place. I, I kept saying all week, no more appropriate place for Texas and Texas A&M to settle their disputes than Des Moines, Iowa. But didn't happen. <laughs> It didn't happen, so it didn't happen, unfortunately. Sadly, um, here we it, are. I guess the fates are just going to push this until they're both SEC members. I guess that's just what's going to happen. We're not going to have a significant meeting of Texas and Texas A and M, right? You know, I mean, yeah, there's been some baseball, so let's. I mean, 
yeah that, fair enough but um, march madness is kind of a different flavor i think that that would that would that wouldn't that would have been great that would have been great for the ratings would have been great for the fan bases but but here we are here we are what do you do uh, okay, so so Carl, uh, we've got so such little time, but so much to get into. Correct, and we're gonna miss something that that okay. happened here. But um, I wanted to start with this. I I've loved Fred Couples forever. I think everybody that he's just a he's good for the game. He's maybe he's one of the most likable guys in the right. history of the game. Right, 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 right. But like. He's his dry sense of humor is is pretty solid, you know the whole. Right. Thing. So, if I called you a nutbag, I don't even know if I could say that on air. Would you? Would you be like? I don't know that I've ever heard someone call someone else nutbag. Have you heard that term? I I think I have. I I think I have. I used to listen to a lot of Howard Stern, and they couldn't curse for the first twenty five years of the show. So I I, I think that I think I've heard every express everything that goes right up to the line, but doesn't cross it with the FCC rules. So so I think I have heard that. I, I get it. Yeah. I was just uh, I don't know if you saw this this week, but the uh, couple spoke to a packed hotel ballroom during a PGA Tour Champions breakfast in Newport Beach, California, and then started firing off some insults. We're getting a whole new wrinkle. We're get, we're getting grumpy old man Fred Couples, which I didn't think was going to be a, a a chapter that existed. Like he's he's defending the PGA Tour in in, in a way that I I did not expect. Out of all the the personalities and opinions that have come out of the whole live versus PGA Tour conundrum, I didn't think Fred Couples was going to have that much to say because he's never had much of anything to say for the first forty years of us knowing Fred Couples. Right. 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 So he's at this deal and he says, uh, oh, wow. If uh, I think he said, like, if Liv Goff wants to pay uh, Phil Mickelson 200 million to shoot 74 and 75 every weekend, I mean, you know, God bless you. Uh, that's a throat I mean, punch, man. I mean, I, I, I don't care what league you're playing in. That, that, that's, that's a, that's a, that's a shot to the solar plexus, baby. I mean, well, and, and then he said, I still like lefty. That was the funniest part of all this. He's like, I mean, I still like lefty. And then he called him a nutbag and then conceded that he's one of the best 10 golfers of all time. Like it's like um, this yo-yo of emotions for these guys must just be insane because they, they're like, I get it. I know why you guys are going. I, I totally understand. You're going to get the money, but you're going to get money to shoot 74 and 70. I still like you, but you're a nutbag, but you're one of the best 10 golfers of all time. Like, the range of emotions for these guys is just off the charts hilarious about live golf. But it's authentic though. I mean, it if, is, if, yeah. if, you, if you compartmentalize everything he said from nutbag to, you know, top player of all time, they're true. They're all true. And we all are in the, in the process of having to compartmentalize and process and, and figure these things out, what they mean to us. It's like, does it make any sense that they're paying him $200 million to, to, to to just be a part of this and, and not be competitive that's crazy we have to we have to it's okay to say it's crazy because somebody has to say it right but it's happening it's real it's out there i don't even think i mean I, I, there's been some things that fred said that have shown that he's definitely got some anger or some you know some righteous indignation over the whole live thing and and has been very adamant that he you know there there isn't a number that he would have accepted even in in his prime uh 
So he's he's come out on that. And I think some guys have been more vocal. We've we've heard Davis Love get really vocal about things, and uh, but it is hard to kind of figure it out because these are the guys who you know 10, 15, 20 years ago would have been faced with these same decisions. So it's relevant in that sense. I mean, if if, if you can. It, 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 these are guys. I mean, Couples is a, is a major winner. He's 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 a twenty plus you know career victory guy. Um, he he was a uh, number one player at one time, so he should have an opinion about this. He's in, he's he's earned his opinion on this. Yes. Yes. Um, but we're, but I love it because it's indicative that we're all kind of in the same place. Yeah, you as as far out there and cultish as Phil's behavior has gotten since he's joined Live or, or had been in the spotlight for all the things that he said to Alan Shipnick and have come to light. And he's really kind of doubled down on it in some senses, even though there was apology, his, his apology was still a double down. Uh, it doesn't, the dude won six majors. If not for Tiger Woods being, being alive and, 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 a, and a, a presence on the PJ tour and being, you know, arguably, you know, and maybe not arguably to some greatest player of all time, Phil, Phil would have rewritten the record, record books. Yep. Uh, so you 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 can't you can't have one without the other. It's Phil that did everything he could have possibly done on the golf course, you know, minus one, minus winning a couple of U.S. Opens, uh, and really earning his voice in the game. And Phil, that's you know, gone lock, stock, and barrel that 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 live is a better idea, and and live is the only idea that has you know, only thing that has pioneering concepts and you know, ways to make the game innovative and watchable, um, which is kind of nutty because nobody's watching live. I mean, so you have right. to process all this stuff at once and then, tr then try to have an intelligible conversation about it. It's weird. It's still weird. Two years into this, it's still freaking weird. Do you think that, I was trying to think of a percentage here. Do you think 99.2% of the world's population would accept the money on the live golf tour to go play? And 0.8% of the world's population would not because they already have money and they can stand for something. I always just wonder that. I mean, there are people who don't have money that would stand for something too. With the oh, there's people, there's just, people that have money that, that don't stand for things too. I mean, let's be fair. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. No, 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 for sure. But I'm just saying like, it's, but I'm saying if you took the world's population, you said, I'm going to give you 200 million to go play golf. Uh, it's coming from dirty, bloody money in Saudi Arabia. What percentage of the world do you think would accept that money? A lot. I mean, it's very high. I mean, would 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 you would you do TV for for you know? I mean, for forty you know forty times your income for for the for <laughs> Saudi I, money? Like just that question is so <laughs> stupidly baffling. Like, like I mean, you want to say yes, but then you're like, I really have to think about. I want to go through. I would have to go through it all in every like. <laughs> But you're saying forty times my salary, like I don't. I'm, I'm just trying to say what, what what's. I mean, what what again? I I don't need because to know it sets your salary, you up for but... the it sets you up for the rest of your life. It sets your kids up, their kids. Right. Like you never have to worry about stuff like that again. But there is a moral side that comes with it. I just think that's always the the part of this that's funny to me is always like if a lot of guys are coming out against it it's usually the people that have a lot of money already that are coming out against it. There aren't a lot of people that are like dead broke struggling living out of their car saying no you know what now there are people who would i'm not saying there aren't i'm just saying the majority would be like yeah i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna go accept 40 times my salary that seems seems like it makes sense um yeah, there, 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 but if there were these discussions all i remember back when i was in the magazine business we had a guy that could both sell ads and he was a graphic designer he could design them 
and we'd sit at lunch. He goes, you know, if, and this and this is the this was this is when magazines were profitable. Vogue magazine was two hundred fifty pages thick and probably had forty million dollars in in advertising. It was it was it was it was a different time. He goes, if I did this for a pornographic magazine, I would be making triple my salary right now. But, but I'd have to go to Thanksgiving dinner and talk about what I did for a living, right? Which is essentially what I do now, but for a different medium and a different audience, right? Right. <laughs> um, so we, I mean, we've had iterations of these conversations uh, uh, all along in our careers, but never anything like this where the money was just so substantial to the point of being almost seemingly bottomless, endless, and really, other than disruption, with the, which they have ultimately succeeded. Hey, again, we'll say it again: if Live has succeeded in anything, it's the it's the disruption. It, it's completely revamped the way the PGA Tour approaches its product its relationships with his people, its its marketing approach, uh its 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 whole structure in 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 fact in terms of you know how invested you know Roy McElroy and Tiger Woods have become in a, a really a part of the the administrative side it seems like of, of the PGA tour itself, not just the players association, the player side of things, really the whole corporate structure uh now has players who who are not just influential but you know integral to the to the to the future of the PGA Tour, and, and, and we we don't know. I mean, I I, I think the rich are, are going to get richer on the PGA Tour. I think sponsors that, that are that are part of elevated events are going to do really well. What's going to happen to the non elevated events, and and what I mean, we really do, I don't think we know fully for the next five to ten years how much of a, of a divide there is. Are we are we really compressing, condensing the product to the PGA Tour, or is this really an opportunity for expansion? The one, the one good thing is, is what we're seeing week in week out is good players, good stories, good personalities. The level of play is only getting better. Yeah, the depth of the field, the depth of the personalities, that's all going to be there. So that's good, but can it sustain? events in detroit des moines where you are had a, had a uh, corn ferry event for the longest time they still might um just i we don't know the full story yet and it's really gotten fascinating because it's like oh well, the tour is just getting bigger and stronger and they they're allocating all this money that's why i created that's the world's number and it's one just businesses. it comes from it comes from sponsors and the sponsors have to have that appetite for the entire product for the tour to succeed as it has or it's just kind of this just little mini cup event where where elevated elevated events and majors are the only thing that matter. Is that sustainable? Is that is that the kind of product we're looking for? Can they succeed with a promotion and relegation model? Sort of. It's it's fascinating. It's fascinating week to week. And then and then you roll into why now on on the ball ruling on the USGA. I mean, again, that's that's a separate that, that that's a governing body that that deals with the rules. No, but let's let's get into that real quick. But before we yeah. we got to take a break here in just a minute. But what were your thoughts on the ball rollback this week? I I think of I think of professional sports as the same way we watch action movies, the same way we watch any sport, anything that's otherworldly. I don't want to watch guys hit it like you and me, or hit it in any, anything uniformly. I mean. I was sort of conflicted in the steroid era of baseball. It's just like, what can a human being freaking do in the discipline that he's dedicated his entire life, his entire body to go do? Do I want to see limitations on that based on what fairness? Well, who, 
who dictates fairness, who, who dictates decency, who, who dictates any of these words that we just, we could argue about for, for years on end. I, I'm, I've always been one to see what can the physical human athlete do with, with the, the technology that he was, he was born into that, that that's, that's available to him at that given time, him or her. And, and just know they're better than us. We know this, how much better let's find out. That, so I, I've never really, you know, Nicholas has pounded the, the, the pulpit for 20 years on it. It's the ball, the ball, the ball. So many guys say it's the ball. And the and the technology has gotten extraordinary. Balls are so much better than they were 20 years ago, 30 years ago, even 15. Uh, there, aren't, there almost aren't bad balls anymore. Right. And ones that are good are for, for guys that can compress the ball, they can do amazing things with it. So, and the, the 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 essential thing is, and I know we're right up against the break, is is that scoring hasn't really changed that much. The scoring hasn't gone from seventy one point five seven five to sixty four. Right, right. So it doesn't freaking matter. Let's you know if if guys are, they still have to if they drive at four hundred, they've still got to find the ball where it is, probably in some rough, probably in a, on an uneven line. And find a way to get it up and down. Is that easier with a wedge? Sure. Than it is a four iron, five iron, six iron. Yeah, sure. But he can do that. And if he can do that, let, let, let's let's freaking find out. And until somebody shoots 55 on their own ball on a PGA Tour setup from 7,600 yards, I don't care. Right. I, I think that's, the, to me, that's the bigger part of all of this is like, if they're all on a level playing field, why does it make a difference? Like, what, what does it matter? If, that's I've, right. I've never been a believer that, um that lengthening the course i mean i I get why we they thought we needed to lengthen the course what i think changes courses is uneven lies is uh narrow fairways where you have to play out of the rough uh if you're if you and you're penalized for it if you're not like to me it's not length lengthening doesn't do a lot like it's tough greens it's it's deep rough it's narrow fairways and and for a while you know that was part of the talk with the Ryder Cup, right? It was like when when we go to Europe, it's narrow fairways, and they can hit all the fairways, and and the U.S. has no chance. That's the best that example. What, yeah. yeah, what they did in what they did in France was was a phenomenal example of what you can do with course setup to level the playing field for for any any professional field for right. any field period, because uh, because ultimately accuracy does matter. Getting the ball in the hole, you can make greens as diabolical as you want. These guys can figure it out. You want to make it a little tougher. You you want to make a lot. I mean, you 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 go to band and you play Crenshaw Coor courses all the time. You can do all sorts of wild things with with green right. complexes. Right. You don't right. see that on, a lot on the PGA Tour, but you could. I mean, we go to places like Stream Song and Bandon and some of these newer places. The greens are tough. I mean, it, it amazes me that 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 average players that shoot in the eighties and nineties are lining up to play these courses because they're all going to shoot about 10 strokes higher because the greens are just the greens in the last 20 years have gotten that much tougher in recreational golf but professional golf they're still playing the same golf courses they 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 ask places like riviera to play, to have the green slower than the members put on them for the pga tour i mean that, that's kind of what you see on those classic old old courses where there's a lot of follow-up all fall off and a lot of subtlety the, the tour players don't, don't even want to play at the same speed as the members right so that tells you a lot yeah, I, I've just, I, you know, you can do things around the greens too, not just bunkers. You can do things that are like deep rough that are, you know, two tiered greens that 
you've got to hit the right tier or else it's going to be an issue. And they have those across the PGA tour. I just, sure. those are the things that change. It's not lengthening the course. That's not going to do anything. They're just going to keep oh. hitting it further and further, farther, further and further, farther and farther. Oh, that's it's, it's far, farther with physical, um, but, but, it, but you're, you're right. It's, it's still contingent on a score. It's not, it's not like we're, at, okay, we're adding up driving distance or driving up uh, greens and regulation and the winner of the tournaments, the guy who's got the best strokes gain cumulative, like, that's not how you win tournaments. You win tournaments by, by scoring, right? On each individual, it's not it's not a cumulative strokes gained. So you can throw any 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 battery of, of data and numbers at, at this, and the only ones that matter are scoring scoring and scoring average. And it, it the ball hasn't really affected that. I mean, they haven't they haven't as amazing as the industry has done with golf balls and polymers and urethane and all these things, core uh, and the core designs and all these. It, it, it hasn't affected the way these guys score. Now you can argue that, hey, well, we've had to stretch out the, the average golf course another three hundred yards to keep the. I don't. I don't agree with that. I don't either. I just don't. I'm, I mean, I'm I'm totally with you on that. I just don't. I don't agree that that's the issue. All right. Anyway, we got to take a break. Uh, when we come back, we're talking food because what else would we talk in our golf show? Yeah, baby. Big big menu decisions this week came out. We'll talk about that when we come back. This is playing through on the horn. Brought to you by Horseshoe Bay Resort. Final segment of playing through on a chilly Saturday morning in Austin, Texas. Uh, he is Carl Mickelson. I'm Bob Ballou. Had a great conversation about the word nutbag. Oh, Fred Couples did call Sergio Garcia a clown. I meant to get that into uh, when he was talking about everything. He went off. Fred Couples, let's face it, he went. He straight went off. And I am right here front row for, for Fred Couples saying whatever he wants to say if this is where we're going. I love it. All right, Carl. The, Looking for your uh, next corporate outing. The, uh, <laughs> the play... <laughs> The players, uh, won by Scotty Scheffler, who just continues to just be the best player in the world. Ho hum. Seems no, to just no, win, right? Won by five shots, like it's no big. Like the players, it's just not a big deal. Just another trophy for Scotty. Um, awesome stuff from him. The Texas X doing great work, but also uh, big decisions this week, Carl. That would be the champions dinner at Augusta. Scotty reveals his menu, which will feature. Cheeseburger sliders served Scotty style, which I'd I'd actually kind of know what Scotty style is. That like, is that just like meat, bread, and cheese? Is that meat, bread, and cheese with onions on it, like White Castle style? Is it kind of interested to hear Scotty style is firecracker shrimp, warm tortilla soup, and you can choose between a Texas ribeye or blackened redfish, which comes with the traditional sides: mac and cheese, jalapeno cream corn, fried Brussels sprouts, and seasoned fries served family style um awesome number one that menu awesome uh great work scotty i was trying to think like if i had a menu what i would want to do uh there are just so many good things to choose from but before i I don't even know if we'll get into that because i wanted to ask you this i thought what was most interesting about all of this was what scotty said about um because you know this is going to be a little awkward we're going to get the live golf guys in the room with the, the PGA guys for the first time. Phil Mickelson will be in there. Um, Dustin Johnson will be in there. This, this will be a little, well, here's what, here's what Scotty said. And this is again, why I love Scotty Scheffler, why I love what he's doing for the game of golf. He's such a good man. He is a good, good person. 
Here's what he said. I think the dinner will be really special for all of us to be able to gather again. And I'm sure we will put all that other stuff aside and have a good time together. Just because guys joined another tour doesn't mean I'm not friends with them anymore and think differently of them as people. They're still my friends and we're all just going to hang out and have a good time. Uh, Patrick Reed, Sergio Garcia, Charles Schwartzel, uh, all will be there as well. Listen, uh, I, Bubba Watson, um, sure. I, I love Scotty for saying this publicly, for saying, guys, it's one dinner. Put your differences aside. Let's just enjoy ourselves. Um, again, because I just think Scotty's a good person that wants to do the right thing. We saw that in the in the Netflix documentary. We were watching Scotty sitting down reading his Bible and then Brooks's reaction to other, like the, the polar opposites of where they, where they were in their life. I right. thought it was really cool. I thought it was really cool. No, I think so. And, and and we talked about small worlds earlier in, in the show. And, and there, it's not like these guys committed war crimes and we've got to look at, look at them differently or they've done some atrocious thing or they've crossed some moral. Well, I mean, well, <laughs> well they, they, you know, they, they've done cri, cri, that some criminal line, let's right. say. Uh, they're still in a very small fraternity together. I mean, the, the, these are the, you know, top 200 300 best players in a world in a sport that we would all you know probably chop a finger off to be elite at i mean it's really is uh i think there's more commonality than there are differences in that room right and i think that's what it comes down to i mean these are guys that know they're lucky to play a sport for a living to have succeeded to be able to to live that week like nobody else lives as a past champion at one of the most special places in the world of golf in the world itself and to be a part of that, who would want to take that away from somebody or who, or who would want to make that political? Hopefully everybody feels like they can rise above it. The media is going to try to do what they can try to do to crack the veneer of that. But I think those guys ultimately, we're really blessed and fortunate to, to, to be in this environment, to be past champions, to drive down Magnolia lane, to slip the jacket on with some meaning and some, and, and some purpose. If you can't if, if you can't get out of your head and enjoy that, then you don't you kind of don't belong there. But I, I think these got most of those guys will have that appreciation. I would I mean I, I would think so. Um I think it'll be interesting, you know, when Fred Couples calls Phil Mickelson a nutbag and calls Sergio Garcia a clown, now they've got to go in the same room. I can understand why Phil and Sergio would have some issue with that. But um, <laughs> I mean I get it. It's gonna be uncomfortable, but um, you know, I, and who knows, maybe there will be fireworks. They're having fireworks, shrimp. Maybe there'll be some fireworks as well. We'll see how, we'll see what happens. And uh, maybe that's why, why Fred Couples was, was, was such, such a good leader at, at you know, Ryder Cup, President's Cup and environments. Yeah. Maybe yeah. his ability to talk like that, almost talk like a coach talks to players, you know, not bad clown. I, I we, we've heard co- coaches have called each of us worse. I'm sure of that coming up through the ranks in youth sports and the generation we did. I think, I think we've all heard much worse. So. If if that's if that's tough talking golf, I'm I'm again I'm here for it front row. No doubt. Uh Carl, we're out of time. Whatever the opposite of a nutbag and a clown is, that's what's up next. Again, the opposite. I said whatever the opposite of that is. Casey Stutter, Johnny Rogers standing by for Big Ugly Tailgate. Don't forget Texas Penn State tonight, 645, right here on the horn. Carl, always a blast doing this. Look forward to doing it next week. Dell match play week. Our final one in Austin is finally here. Dell match play begins players coming in Sunday this weekend. Um, they'll do practice rounds Monday and Tuesday and then get, get going on Wednesday. We'll get the draw on Monday. Uh, man, I, I really looking forward to one final time with Dell technologies match play at Austin country club. It's going to be a blast. And we look forward to doing this show again next week, talking about everything that's happened.
look forward to it. Hugely, hugely meaningful week, you know, not just because it's the last. I, I think it's going to carry some definite weight at the De- Dell Technologies match play for all of us here in Austin who love the sport, who love it locally. Uh, but I always look to how, how well guys are playing leading into a couple weeks from the Masters. I mean, may, maybe players is the most telling, but I, 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 I always look for a heat check. And we're going to get that. We're, it's going to be a fun, fun week. I can't, can't wait to talk about it. Me too. We look forward to it. Hope you guys get to get out to the course and either go play or get out to ACC and go watch some Dell match play this week. All right. He is Carl Mickelson. I'm Bob Blue. This is Playing Through on the Horn. Go out and make a bunch of birdies, everyone.